0: This is a Rooster Teeth production. Okay, another supplemental episode uh, because we're a seasonal podcast.
1: Yes. Uh, (laughs) Good morning, Eric. Good morning, somewhere, Gus. I don't. Is he uh, even? He's not in Austin, right? No. Uh, No. My understanding is that he's not in Austin. Okay. So he's uh, he's. Have you noticed? Uh huh. Have you noticed Mm -hmm. that our friend and coworker Mm -hmm. Gus, uh, he takes at least one vacation a month. He's a 12 vacation a year kind of guy.
0: You know, I think if you start a company, um you can do that. So, I guess my
1: advice to you is give it a shot. <laughs> you, okay, do you want me to be harder to schedule? <laughs> I can I can go from taking one vacation a year to 12, but it's not going to help any of our podcasts. <laughs> None of our content's going to get better for it.
0: Yeah. Uh I asked cuz I don't know where he went and I asked I was working out with Blaine and uh I asked Blaine Hey, where did, do you know where Gus went? And he went,
1: no, I don't think I do. And I went, oh, are we in a secret Gus situation? He's so secret. They don't even realize secret Gus exists. That's exactly. He's gotten even better at masking his identity. It's incredible. So
0: we want to do a supplemental, just like a half hour thing where we get together and uh, give you content, even though Gus doesn't want you to have it.
1: Um, he, he wants you to have it just occasionally, just when it's convenient to him, that, when he can fit it in amongst the vacations, and then
0: and then he will definitely let you know that these are non-canon. Any episode without him are non-canon episodes, and he'll be really loud about it on different Slack channels in different threads. Like it's not performative or for anyone. It's simply for him. It's
1: yeah, yeah. Man, I I love these podcasts because they give you guys a little bit of like a hint of the real personalities behind mm-hmm. the company. Man, I wish we could. I wish we could show even more who Gus is off camera.
0: Oh, it's great! It's awesome working with Gus. I really enjoy. Uh, it's very different from working with anyone else. I don't know that there's anyone I've ever worked with that is like Gus.
1: I agree. The thing that scares me about that, mm-hmm. and you intimated this to me the other day. I don't know if it was on camera or just in person, but uh, he, uh, he he he's mentored you. He's you've oh. gleaned insights from. Oh, him, absolutely. And that scares me. Yeah. Oh, but but they're great, and and it helped a lot,
0: especially yeah. with like. Bernie and Gavin and stuff where he Gus told me like don't give him an inch because if they have wiggle room that's where extra medium becomes the
1: biggest fucking thing like you can't give them anything you will never in your well it probably won't ever happen again because Bernie died or whatever but uh (laughs) (laughs) he's off living he retired upstate to a farm (laughs) He's, he's got lots of room to run. He's
0: running around in fields with other content creators. <laughs> yeah, it's like him and some pigs. And it's like
1: 1984, actually. Uh, he's run, he's running the farm newsletter. Uh, no one mm-hmm. can, sh- can break Gus. Yeah. Like, I can get under his skin. Mm-hmm. I can needle him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no one can, like, break Gus on a personality level. Yeah. Uh, And just shut him, turn him off and shut him down faster than Michael Bernie Burns. It is a superpower that man had. I assume he still has it Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) at the farm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Upstate New York. Uh, or what? I don't know. I, say, I when, anytime somebody says upstate, I always think upstate New York. Yeah.
0: I think it's just the term. I yeah, think it's I easiest. guess so. Uh, I think that's why Gus has that notion of like, can't give him an inch mm-hmm. because he knows what happens when anyone gets an inch. Yeah.
1: So don't give it to him. One inch of, of Bernie into Gus and it's fucking game <laughs> over, dude. Just, just the tip. Oh, barely. Oh man. Uh, so wanted to do a Q and a, uh,
0: just see what kind of you guys, uh, what, what questions you had for. Jeff, uh while we uh, do a little half hour supplemental, um before we do that, can I just say real fast? Yeah.
1: This is one thing I love about you. Uh-huh. I come, I sit down. Uh-huh. I had an idea that didn't pan out. Okay. But I knew that I was coming into today with an idea uh-huh. cuz I always cuz yeah. I'm a professional. You should. Most people aren't. Uh-huh. You always come with ideas. Yeah. Why, it's what I you're always prepared. Yeah. I was I was trying to think of what we could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a great idea and I'm glad we're going to do it. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize for sidelining it for a second. No, that's fine. Uh I decided, you know, we, it's, we talk about Austin. Yeah. S- tell stories. What if you and I, what if I go get, like, the paper, like, the Austin American Statesman, and we just take a couple sections, we just go, like, what's in the paper today? <laughs> and we just do that thing. <laughs> I went to two gas stations. There was no paper? I don't think they've, I don't think papers are anymore. Wow. Yeah, and it got me thinking. I I think the Austin American Statesman might be in a print or an online-only paper now. Wow. I don't know, but... Talk about changes in a lifetime. I I didn't realize this, but you can't, at least around my neighborhood, you can't go to a gas station and buy a newspaper. You can't get a newspaper. You can't get a newspaper. When was the last time you were reading a newspaper, though? Well, I will say Emily subscribes to the New York Times Sunday edition. Oh, really? Uh, I have never touched it, but it it is around. So So it's it's been many, many years for me. (laughs) Many, 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 many years for me. So the answer doesn't change not with your factoid. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> not that you bring that up, I don't know why I, I threw uh, that in. The yeah. paper is
0: delivered to my home. I refuse to touch it. Yeah, I guess it's to, to show my obstinance. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Great work. Anyway, um, the Q&A. Okay. Uh, at Mooney Riot on Twitter says, Do you have a favorite tattoo? Yeah, I do. Really? Yeah. What is it? Oh, you want to know. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I love all of my tattoos. Of course. Uh, that's not true. I, I dislike a lot of them. but uh, Do you
0: really? Because that's the next question.
1: Somebody asked, Do you have any tattoos that yeah, you don't like? I, I got a couple. Okay, cool. Uh, this one right here, it's uh, on the, what, what, what would you call this? Uh, the Like the butt of your hand. The butt of my hand yeah. butt. Uh, like the softest part of your hand. Yeah. Uh, is a little ghost. Uh-huh. And that's from a picture Millie drew when she was three called Daddy and the Ghosts. Oh, and really? And it was a picture of me in the uh-huh. middle of the paper and a thousand ghosts around me.
0: That's fucking scary, it felt dude. Like a,
1: it felt like a threat, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we so lived in a... We, we had a haunted house thing going on there, and uh, Millie used to draw a lot of ghosts, but I I, I picked one, and I decided I was going to... That's a good you know, one. I yeah, like that. I like it. So that's probably my favorite.
0: That's really cool. That's yeah. a... Uh, somebody else asked, what's your... Uh, do you have a least favorite tattoo?
1: Oh, shit. Yeah, probably. Uh... I <laughs> a couple <laughs> that aren't least favorites. <laughs> uh, I have a tattoo of the Savage Dragon right here that's yeah. just an ugly mess of green. Oh, I think and looks- I don't really collect comic books anymore and I haven't for many, many years. Uh-huh. So I'm not crazy about that one. I'm not jazzed about having Gavin's nose on my leg, but whatever, I can live with it. Uh-huh. Um, don't know that I need a bad religion tattoo anymore. Yeah! But, but you know, I was a kid. Here's one that's funny. Uh-huh. I, 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 I won't say I regret it yet, because yeah. it hasn't come up, mm-hmm. but... uh. Emily and I were in Hawaii a couple years ago Uh uh, for her birthday. Yeah. And we get tattoos, vacation tattoos, wherever we go. Oh, cool. Like, I got this in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Uh... Got this in Australia. We just we the, the first we go. ones at Jar of the Lightning. Bolt, oh yeah, Jar one's of the Lightning. Palm tree. Bolt. Palm tree. Is, Got it. Uh, Smoko. Yeah, I'm on Smoko. Cool. Yeah, I'm going Smoko. Uh, so we always get like dumb little tattoos wherever we go. Uh-huh. While we were in Hawaii, we thought it'd be fun to get pineapple tattoos because yeah. we had just toured the Dole f- pineapple mm-hmm. factory and had Dole Whip and mm-hmm. did the corn maze and the whole thing and just loved it. Yeah. And a friend of hers who used to work at her salon mm-hmm. was Hawaiian mm-hmm. and was like a I don't know she's a receptionist or a hairstylist at the salon but she worked at Emily's Salon and then she moved back home to Hawaii and her mother owns a tattoo parlor there oh. in Honolulu oh, that's cool. and she works at the tattoo parlor so we had an instant hookup Oh that's killer. So, yeah, so we just went in one day she got to hang out with her old friend yeah. I got to get tattooed by this really cool old like Hawaiian skater punk dude uh-huh. who was really nice and talking about music and stuff and to commemorate our trip to Hawaii we got these pineapple tattoos. Mm-hmm. Right side up, pineapple tattoos. I bring that up because Ah, I I was not aware. So so you were made aware. Got it. (laughs) I have since been made aware that the pineapple is like the Swinger logo. Upside down pineapple is the Swinger logo. And uh, so I just have to keep my foot on the ground at all times. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Emily's is very visible, like, on her arm. And it hasn't come up yet, maybe yeah. because it's right side up. But I've seen people look at it. And it's a little, and I feel like, ugh. Keep your eye out when you're at the grocery store. And you might
0: spot someone or a couple who are walking around the grocery store with a upside down pineapple in the top part of that cart. That's a
1: real thing. Is that how shoppers or shoppers? Is that how swingers shop for sex?
0: That's you I just think walk I, around. It's with the that down? and then having uh, you know how you put like little flags in like your front yard mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Upside down pineapple stuff. An upside down pineapple in like a window. Stuff like isn't yeah. that fucking crazy?
1: That's crazy and not what we were going yeah. for <laughs> at all. So I don't regret it, uh-huh. uh, but you know, yeah, wow, <laughs> I'm jazzed about the association. Oh, that's funny. Um I'm um, so you started talking about
0: the pineapple, and I went, I wonder if this is going in the direction I think. <laughs> yeah. And then it did. Um, okay. Uh, another question from at Steve says, What would the title of your autobiography be?
1: <laughs> I one time wrote a suicide note. <laughs> not, not because I was going to commit. Not because I'm going to commit suicide, but I just thought like, what's the most, it was like a writing exercise. This is like not that long ago, like three years ago, two years ago. I thought, what's the most succinct suicide note that could convey everything you wanted to convey Uh in like, in one sentence? Uh And I think it was because I had just read this BJ Novak book, One More Thing, and he had some really brilliant short stories that were like a page long. Yeah, And I was just kind of like, just, it was just like a writing exercise. It wasn't because I was suicidal in any way whatsoever. But uh, the suicide note I've come up with, (laughs) if if, things go very badly, (laughs) which I don't anticipate, I guess I'll use it. Uh, It was just, It's Okay World, I Didn't Like You Either.
0: Oh, damn. That's a great title.
1: So that's what my autobiography would be called It's Okay World, I Didn't Like You Either, The Jeff Ramsey Story. That's
0: a great title for an autobiography. Wow. That is not where I thought the beginning of that (laughs) (laughs) was different. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh woof. Uh not suicidal. Got it. A, a happy dude. Completely understand. Yeah, very um, happy dude. At moving on. Uh moving <laughs> <laughs> at Matthew Lewis 1, uh is there a bar or a restaurant that you really miss or one that you're glad is gone forever in Austin?
1: I wish Gus was here to help answer this because I feel he's like, got the vitriol yeah, side.
0: Yeah. Um I feel like, I feel like you're going to go, oh, there was this one taco place. And then I feel like Gus would be like, there's this place
1: wrong to me one time. And I'm glad it's gone forever. I liked a bar a lot on the east side called Peacock Lounge. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that place was really, it was a tiny little bar at the end of 6th Street. I think it's a place called St. Rock's now or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Not the same. Uh, it was like a swanky little place, and they had like, this is back when I was drinking and drinking heavily. They had an absinthe, but they had the full setup. Back before, it was cool oh. to have the full setup, you know. It, yeah, it became yeah, yeah. like in vogue for a little while yeah. after that. Kind of like hookah went through a right. phase. Right, right, right. Uh... I there was a place uh, I think we probably talked about it on this podcast that Gus and I used to go called Shaggy's Boombastic, mm-hmm. Uh which where we'd get like uh, these Jamaican jerk fries. that Yeah, are really good. Um, a lot of people talk about Holiday House. I never okay. went there. Okay. Jack was talking to me about it last night. Uh, a lot of people uh, around UT loved a place called Players. Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as places that I don't miss, yeah, I really we really need Gus here. For that I mean it's not like you go to a lot of bars anymore so it's not like I go to a lot of <laughs> bars anymore yeah it's my uh I'm out of touch with the bar scene which is so funny to me because when you drink uh maybe not everybody but like drinking was uh was a huge part of was what was my social life yeah. right oh yeah like you get off work go straight to yeah. a bar for a happy hour six days a week um I used to read a book in there and drink and just like spend time with myself or hang out with my friends and when I quit drinking I remember thinking, like, I'm not going to be... Like I'm determined. I'm not going to be one of those guys who never steps foot into a bar again. Yeah. Like just because I don't drink the alcohol doesn't mean I can't still enjoy the same ambiance, mm-hmm. the same environment, have conversations with the same people. And turns out that's utter bullshit. Bars are fucking gross. They smell like stale beer and uh-huh. ammonia and bleach. And everybody is everybody when they drink is annoying. Yeah. And I you just don't realize it because you're also annoying. Right. It was the fa- I never stopped. It was the fastest thing I ever quit in my life it was going to like instantly. I went oh god damn it's like going to a strip club with the lights on for the first time and you're like this is where I've been oh I touched that yeah yeah uh so yeah I I, like I don't really I don't really I'm so far away from bars I don't really think about
0: them and it's for oh I think a lot of us now here are like you know a lot of people are like in like their early 30s or whatever I'm in like my mid late 30s now and bars just aren't... I'll go to like a daytime kind of bar Mm -hmm. situation where it's like, oh, let's go get lunch. You know what I mean? There's always like a food thing that goes with it. I'm hardly going... I would love to go and just drink, but there's no... It just doesn't happen. It's just like not a thing. You know, you get older and it just doesn't happen as much anymore. They're louder than you remember. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I like a good bar. I like a good divey kind of bar or whatever, but I think what happens is that people... You stop living in... Like scum zones with like shit people and dirt house places, Mm -hmm. and you start making your house a home, and you go, Why would I want to go out and drink? We could, I just be here and it's cozy. That, that, that is the like,
1: it's the, (laughs) it is the dirt bag maturation process, right? Like we climb out of the dirt, yep. And then you don't want to go back into it. No, I I totally write that idea. Yeah, like the old, old idea of going to like, like, Fucking like a narco punk shows mm-hmm. in abandoned built warehouses and yeah. shit, and fucking passing around who knows what it is. You're drinking, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I don't miss that. No, you, like once you, once you, once you get a, a taste of anything nicer, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it it used to be all we knew, and yeah. then it became I know more, and then I go oh, I don't want to, well, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I'm gonna do this nice thing.
1: That's it's way better. Uh, I grew up in Alabama in the 80s, and everybody I knew from about the age of two on smoked cigarettes, little babies on the side of the road, uh, puffing away, uh, but still in diapers, just puff, puff, puff. And, uh, And then I joined the army. And from 1993 to 1998, I was in the army and I was, uh, I remember those dates because during that time I was the only person in the military who didn't uh, didn't smoke cigarettes. Uh, And through that, I watched quite possibly hundreds of thousands of people uh, over the course of my life try to quit uh, smoking uh, to to, uh, great success and to not so great success, to abject failure. Quitting an addiction uh, as, an, as a recovering alcoholic is, is a very difficult, <laughs> sometimes seemingly impossible task. And that's why I think a product like Fume can be important. Uh, it is a natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, and uh, more natural way to quit cigarettes. It's a no smoke, no vape, no nicotine replacement for the hand-to-mouth habit of smoking. That is true. You get in like the uh, like you. Uh, sometimes you just miss like the physical action of doing something. You know, Fume Handcrafts wooden inhalers and uses cores infused with plant oils studied to curb cravings. They have flavors like peppermint and conquer with minty notes to stimulate menthol cigarettes and other flavors like cozy chai and lemon berry bliss. Uh, And all of their flavors are 100% natural, with no harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors, and absolutely no nicotine. That's what you're trying to get away from. You're trying to get away from the nicotine and the harmful chemicals. So uh, this will benefit in that endeavor. Everybody knows quitting is tough. Anybody that's tried to quit anything is tough. I, uh, I just recently uh, had to quit collecting baseball cards for a brief period of time, and now I've started again. And uh, so apparently quitting is very tough. But Fume really can help. They've got thousands of five-star reviews from smokers who have tried everything else. But this is the thing that worked. So whether you're a smoker or an ex-smoker who still struggles with cravings, Fume is the perfect tool for you. Head to breathethefume.com A-N-M-A. Who knows what that stands for? And use code i I'll tell you what it stands for. It stands for 10% off your entire order. That is a 10% savings off your entire order when you head to B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M dot com slash A-N-M-A and use code A-N-M-A. Quit naturally with fume and use Anma to save 10% off at breathefume.com slash A N M A.
0: Will you and Gus get an Anma tattoo together? It's a question from Echo Darkfire. You and Gus get an Anma tattoo. Uh I would. I would get a tattoo with
1: Gus. Yeah. Um we already have it. We got tattoos together. Do you really? I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. So Gus's um Gus has got, to my knowledge, three tattoos. I think I think that's right. He's got a an E on his finger for Esther. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got an Atari logo on the small of his mm-hmm. back, which I That's great. I supported because I thought it, it wouldn't be I, I supported it because I thought it was a bad idea. Uh-huh. Like I was like hundred oh, no, percent yeah, yeah. uh, uh uh wanting to make fun of it. Yeah. Uh but the first tattoo Gus ever got, he wanted to I don't know if you've heard the story, I apologize. No, I, I don't think I have. Uh he uh he <laughs> he was a real big fan of the movie Blade. <laughs> We're both enjoyed the movie Blade. Hell yeah. Yeah. Wesley Snipes, man, and that movie is so fucking cool. Donald uh-huh. Logue is in it and he plays a good bad guy. Yeah. He's like, I got him with my pig sticker. <laughs> and, uh, and fucking, and then he's like in the Dallas, Steve, and you're like, wow, I can't believe that's the same person. And then Wesley Snipes is like, some motherfucker's always trying to ice skate uphill, which yep. is still the coolest thing I've ever heard somebody yeah, say great. in a movie. It's a great one. Uh, but anyway, all the dragon, like all the Renfield dragon clans, mm. they brand their Renfields like on yeah. the back of their neck. And Gus wanted to get one of those. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The Kobayashi. I remember it. It cool. was the, the, cool. like the Asian samurai one thing, uh, uh, vampire clan. And he wanted to get it, but he was scared. And I was like, I'll get one just to fucking do it too. So I got the Dragonetti, and he got the Kobay- Kobayashi, I think it is. Uh, on the backs of our necks on the same day. You have a blade. I got tattoo? it first to show him, hey, it's not no big deal. And then he got it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And so then cool. and then we ate it not too long after that. We were eating at Wan Fu, mm-hmm. which is that uh Chinese restaurant we right. talked about with the wet floors. And <laughs> the Bart and the the waiter recognized it and was like blown away. He was like, Is that a is that a blade tattoo? And I was like, Yeah, and he's like, It's from the Dragon Eddie, right? And I went, Yeah. And then I thought, I don't want other people to know about yes. this. <laughs> And, and I was a little, I was like kind of grossed out. Like the dude was kind of weird. And then I was like, Oh, the people that recognize this, I don't, yeah, I don't want to have these conversations. So I just prayed it never happened again. And it hasn't. so Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. I had no idea. That's awesome. (laughs) So I would definitely get another tattoo with Gus. I would like to know what the name of the show is before I get it tattooed. I agree. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, I can't believe we haven't guessed it yet. Well, I mean, I guess I, guess I can. I just can't believe I haven't guessed it yet because my guess was so good. The but- motherfucker
1: was on Twitter last night. Oh, oh, maybe I messed people up with the language thing. Fuck you. What a prick. What a piece of shit. Go back into wherever the fuck hole you're hiding in <laughs> this week and stay off social media. <laughs> you fucking pop up out of the middle of nowhere just to annoy us and then go back oh, down. Son of a
0: bitch. I yeah. like that he started saying, like, by the way, these these guesses have started getting really bad. <laughs> I thought that was great. He's um, such a turd. Nick Walter 23 says, when you retire, what do you think you'll do? Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, is there a hobby you think you'd take up? Oh. How do you think you'll spend your time? Not like, what are you going to do for a job because you're fucking retired?
1: dude? Well, so that's a good question. Uh-huh. There are a lot of people in my life, uh, Bernie... Uh, my family, my, mm-hmm. uh, all of my friends, most of my friends, uh, seem to think that I will n- I will not be able to stop working. Okay. Like I will not uh-huh. be able to actually retire. Right, they're right, but okay. And that if I retire, I'll just create a new business to run That's <laughs> as sounds, a part of retirement. I mean, it sounds
0: right. How long ago did you start this company? Anyway, we just started. But, f- 19, nice. 19 and a half years. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, I think I would like to think mm-hmm. that I will uh, I will ride my bicycle mm-hmm. and I will listen to to fucking rock and roll records. Okay. And uh uh I I will swim mm-hmm. and jet ski and and that's it. What I suspect I'll probably do is start some sort of a baseball card shop. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like I'm collecting enough cards that I can. I'll just start a shop and you like sell just, my shit. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. You know, but, just but like things. not
1: the good ones. No, even the good. One, what the fuck do I care? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Just keep my Marcus Smarts. So everything else can go. That's good.
0: It's, base, um, base it's getting it's getting untenable. Like, yeah.
1: My closet. I, I had to remove my hamper in my closet to make room for cards. Dude, what the fuck? I know. It's bad. Well, it's that's so bad. crazy. It's so bad. <clears it's <clears so <throat> that's maybe too many. It's so bad. Emily found out the other day. She was like. Somebody was talking about how he had like a thousand Tom Brady cards or something on TV. And she was like, how many Marcus Smart cards do you have? And I was like, well, like unique. Uh huh. And she's like total. And I go, oh, I don't know. Unique. I have probably 3,200. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? And total, I have maybe 6,000. <laughs> what? Yeah. I have a lot. I am um, it's, it's a, yeah, it's bad. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say 32 and then that was going to be the end of. 100. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I it's... didn't
1: think the hundred was going on there. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah, I need to whittle down the, the the ones I have two and three and ten of. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. I know. Wow. Yeah, dude, that's man. Maybe maybe open a laundromat. Mm-hmm. There's money in the laundromat, right? That's yeah. what We determined. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Money laundering. I mean, like literally.
1: I do. I just fucking. I just see myself. Like in this nice old century home. Yeah. Like we rented a house in Lockhart, which mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with Austin, it is a town thirty-five yeah. minutes southeast of Austin. Mm-hmm. It used to be the barbecue capital of the world. Uh it's still got all those great barbecue places, but there's just so much great barbecue everywhere now, yeah. even outside of Texas. Oh, Texas, yeah. Texas barbecue has kind of an has kind of uh taken over at least the United States. Yeah. And there's a Texas barbecue place. Almost as good as any Austin, Texas barbecue Everywhere. place. Yep. Pretty much every time you get ma- major town you go into, yep. you get fucking phenomenal. Texas barbecue in New York right now.
0: I think I think that it's a thing that's just spread out. And yeah. It's, it's great. Lockhart that that was like the spot though. It was like, a spot. You would always hear about it. It's uh
1: it. it's a place where they, they filmed the movie Waiting for Guffman. Oh yeah. It's uh it's a very charming place. And anyway, there's a house there that we rent sometimes mm-hmm. and it's like this three story old century home with a pool in the back and it's like got this really well manicured lawn with like bamboo mm-hmm. and it has like a speaker system outside. So you go and you just like Lay in the pool and turn on rock and roll music and drink nice. a Diet Coke and just like just be lazy in the sun. Mm-hmm. I would like to do that every day for the rest of my life. Oh, that'd be great. I'd like to find a house like that somewhere more affordable than Texas. Yeah. And just work on a tan. Yeah. Really. That's and, and, great. and just listen to music. Like I, people, I was thinking about this the other day with like, you know, I don't play video games anymore. Yeah. I started a company. It's uh, you got based PS5. around it's playing good. video yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you got a PS5 now, so it's fine. <laughs> I cool. got a PS5 now. <laughs> I mean, I played this game called Gems of War. I played it for an hour before I got here. Uh, but it's not because of anything other than it. it's just like an addiction. And mm-hmm. they, they named an achievement after me that it's taking me a long time to get. Uh uh-huh. um, And when I'm done with that, I think I'm, I'm probably done. Like It right. just doesn't appeal to me anymore. Right. The thing that I still really love to do that I could easily spend like three or four hours... Without even realizing it, is just listening to music. Mm-hmm. It has never gotten old to me. At any point in my life, I've it's it's always been like the most entertaining thing I can do. It's what part of why I love to ride bikes is because you just listen to music in your headphones while you while you ride bikes. It's a it's a great way to get exercise while listening to music. So I think I could just very happily just listen to fucking bands. Yeah, yeah, man,
0: that's great. See that that's a good answer. Yeah, you, that that way you're not working. That's my daydream. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I mean, that's what you could do in retirement. So
1: sitting, sitting in bamboo, in a in a pool, not bad. Yeah, listen, um, listening to, I don't know, dude. I listen. I fucking discovered this dude the other day. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Have you ever heard of a guy? Sorry, I'm gonna take a. This is a tangent, but no, it's fine. Have you ever heard of a guy named? Fucking. Why can't I find his name now? <laughs> Ty, I found this song called. Yeah. Old, old 70s rock song called Tiger Rock. Have you heard this song? By a guy named Tiger B. Smith. Never heard of him. Never heard of it before. And I saw it, I don't know where I saw it. And I just got so into it. I've been listening to Tiger Rock constantly for like huh. a week. And I, I could just like, I think that there's so much music out there that I've never heard of. That you could just surf old. Oh, big time. Like old genres. Yep. For the, and never, never get close to tired of it. What? Tiger B. Smith. Tiger Rock. Is It's just like 70s guitar rock. It is. Is
0: it German? I don't know. Is he? Band founded in 1972 in Frankfurt. Oh, I guess so. Holger Schmidt. Yeah, the (laughs) (laughs) German. Anyway, the fucking song is great. Wow. That's really cool. All right. Well, there you go. Something to listen to. Um, Another question. We got a couple left. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of questions, but we have a couple of minutes left. Uh, Zenify EXE. uh, What's your favorite? uh, What's your ideal baked treat? But there's there's another question, but it doesn't have anything to do with the baked treat. I wanted to get that one in there. You like a cookie guy, cake guy? I guess I don't give a shit. Wow, uh, really? Uh
1: oh. Uh, I I'll take an apple pie over oh. just about anything. Oh, crazy. Yeah, I like apple pie. You do it with a piece of cheese or no? No, nah, it's just should, like a very, a very um, it's a very lame Twin Peaksy answer. But coffee and apple pie. We should uh get it with uh, with cheese. Never tried. Really? No. It's, yeah, it's very good. What kind of cheese? Uh, cheddar. Okay. Get like a slice of
0: cheddar cheese. He eats it in Taxi Driver. That's why I tried it. Yeah. Because he eats it in Taxi Driver, which if you look back and you say Taxi Driver is like your favorite movie in your 20s, maybe at the time it's probably like, okay, but you look back at it now and you go, oh,
1: maybe you're like like a fucking like, little weirdo, you little freak. Um, yeah, well, you know, ex- the, the range of acceptable has changed yes. <laughs> over the years. Yeah. Uh, I will say that like I don't know if it's the case for twenty year olds now, uh-huh. but in our era—and mm-hmm. mine's a little before yours—but they they overlap. Uh, Taxi Driver was a very cool movie. Oh, that God, very yeah. cool people yep. loved. Yep, you know, yep. everybody loved it. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. You look at it now, and you're like, it's wrong in a mil- in a million different ways. <laughs> it's a so, million different ways. It's it's. A, I'm
0: embarrassed that it was my favorite movie in the same way that I'm embarrassed that I went to film school and embarrassed that I listened to Weezer. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Like, does that... You know what I mean? Like, all th- <laughs> Like, if there's... <laughs> it's... No, I totally get all it. All of those things kind of live in, like, a
1: circle. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was... uh taxi drivers in that but also clockwork oranges in that yeah. you're like yeah. oh, i love this movie and then you're like what did i love yeah, about? What it, it? yeah what was it about what this? It about what about so it like, did it, i love
0: it, I, I think i think it's it's uh when you learn like empathy and introspection when you take a step back and you go so what was wrong with me at the time that i found this <laughs> Yeah,
1: appealing <laughs> like you know. what
0: the fuck uh oh uh next part of this question the reason that i asked it was uh uh, best early office pranks or who was the best kind of office prankster
1: oh man uh this is another one where it'd be great to have yeah, guests here of course um i don't know it's hard to even identify an office prank mm-hmm. because it was like there were like three or four a day you yeah. know like it was constantly We were we were talking about this the other day like all of our Friendship was derived on being really cruel and mean to each other. Like the thing with Jason and the Isla uh, (laughs) airport ticket. Uh Um, There were so, so, so many of those things. I will say, just kind of jumps to to mind, Mm -hmm. and something that I I had kind of forgotten about, uh, but popped into my head the other day. My favorite thing used to be, and I don't know if this counts as an office prank, but we used to, especially in the early days, before before YouTube took off, Mm -hmm. when Machinimo, you know, was considered an art form and therefore in our early successes, we were doing a lot of like college talks Mm -hmm. and going to film festivals and, you know, it morphed into anime and video games and and comic book conventions pretty quickly. But there was about a three year period there. That was the time when we were like on the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and all that stuff. When we were an emerging technology and an interesting filmmaking tool that like James Cameron had used to help design the Titanic and and shit like that, you know, it was a little high minded at the time. Mm -hmm. It didn't last, Mm -hmm. didn't last long at all. Uh, so, or, or maybe it did continue to last, but people realized that we were dick and fart jokes, and right. we didn't fit in with that. <laughs> right, right. Um, but in, in that period, we won some awards, and we would do. A, we would end up on stage a lot. Mm-hmm. And my favorite fucking thing on earth to do was to go up on stage with Bernie, watch him get into his groove, and then embarrass him. <laughs> and I did it to him. Over and over and over again. Every opportunity I got. Anytime Bernie and I appeared uh-huh. on a stage or on camera together, uh-huh. I found a way either by by uh, saying something so outlandish or outrageous that it shut him down. Yeah. Or that he had to recover from. Or doing something physical to him or behind him uh-huh. so he didn't know why people were laughing at him. Just, it, just the most juvenile shit. And I did it uh, 100% of the time. That's fantastic. Like one time, Uh we had to go up and give a speech. And it was right after Kanye doing the George Bush doesn't care about black people thing. We gave a speech in New York City for winning an award. And Matt had a whole thing. And then I think Bernie or somebody said something. And then as they were walking off, I just yelled, George Bush doesn't care about black people. But the mic cut out. And so they just heard me scream black
0: people. Oh, my God. Oh, my God oh fuck what are you doing
1: and then (laughs) and and i was i that was hilarious it didn't it didn't bother me but it really really tainted the evening for everybody else really really soured the mood really really yeah phenomenal yeah
0: that's fucking great
1: (laughs) i don't i don't regret doing those things Uh but i i don't i I don't miss doing them yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i understand um uh, we'll do this on the last question here from AustEase
0: on Twitter. What project or direction that you can talk about did you want RT to take in its early days but didn't come to fruition? Your stories about what paths you guys took early on and the reasoning behind them is very fascinating to someone who became a fan around 2010. So anything, was there something that you were like, we should go this way instead of that way or something that you wanted, like were you were you really banking on Strangerhood to go like 20 seasons or what?
1: I, that's really interesting. Uh, I think that we tried to go in those directions and it became pretty clear, like that we, we took the paths that worked, yep. you know? So it's, a lot of times it wasn't a decision mm-hmm. as much as we, we, we tested the fence and then we just kind of went where the weak, like where we could make traction right. or where we could. And so like, like we tried with Strangerhood and it became almost immediately, and we tried to like, we're going to get a license and we're going to do it right from the... We, we started a partnership with EA mm-hmm. and we did this whole thing and then it became very quickly very difficult to film. Yeah, like we, It was one of those things where we had a lot of confidence in what we were doing. We made one episode, it wasn't terrible. And then you realize uh, how much harder it's going to be to make the next 11 yeah. or 12. Um, I soured on machinima pretty quickly in that process because it real I, I realized... I think we could have gone a route where we did more machinima. Mm-hmm. But I think Bernie really... Correctly identified this, uh, and it made a lot of sense, and I'm I'm glad we did. Which is that like all the all the games that were best suited for mm-hmm. what we were doing were FPSs, mm-hmm. and pretty quickly you discover when you try to do uh, a new series in Call of Duty or whatever, uh, you're just making a rip off of the thing you've already done. Like yeah. we were just making a lot of Red versus Blue clones, right. and we didn't want to do that. Uh, so mm-hmm. we we tried to be really selective about those about those productions, like. 1-800-MAGIC was in a game called Shadowrun, and we did it because we could lean into the magic and had this whole fantastical world. That was like Joel headed that up, and I thought he did a great job with it. And then uh, we did a series called Panics in Fear, mm-hmm. and we just leaned into the horror comedy. And And that was, I think, honestly, that's about as far as we could go right. uh, in that direction. Um, there was always a lot of internal struggle and, and debate over whether we should continue to do the commercial work we were doing. Right. And ultimately, we stopped uh, the... It, it was tough because it was good. It was really good money and consistent work, but it was also. And this is another moment where I thought Bernie was really insightful. Every time we were working on a Madden commercial, we were we were we weren't working on our thing. Is that hundred yeah, yeah. percent. It was somebody else's IP, yeah. and it was it was ultimately a little short sighted. Um, so I really do feel like we took the right paths. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a couple of moments, I guess. Uh, where we could have like explored partnerships, but we really did I, I really do feel like we made a lot of the right decisions at the right times early on. And so Gus might have a different answer, but but nothing really jumps to mind other than um I guess we could have gone further down the machinima rabbit hole and I'm glad we didn't Yeah. That's great. Good answer. Um it also forced us to come up with other lines of business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's how that's how this happened. That's how broadcast happened. Mm-hmm. It's how uh it's how events happened. It's how animation happened. Um, and so I'm, I'm really glad.
0: I think it's, it's kind of like, uh, he's asking about, you know, what do you, oh, you know, what, what route would you have taken? Whatever. We weren't a pod, we were not a podcast company. We yeah. had the Rooster Teeth podcast. We had off topic. We had always, like always open, I guess, kind of was got podcast Like there were like shows, yeah. but those were shows. Yeah. They were, I wouldn't classify those as even the Rooster Teeth podcast, podcast name. Those were shows. They were on a stage. Yeah. They were shows. We didn't do audio only stuff. And then it was through like working with broadcast and these guys like Nick Schwartz is one of the guys who like led that charge hard to like get podcasts going. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize until you're like on the other side of it, how fruitful it could potentially be. But it's what you're saying of like testing the fence and seeing like where you can make traction. We found that we can make traction with podcasts and like, you don't know that stuff until you sort of, you know, put everything into it. Yeah. But like we wouldn't be here doing this if it wasn't for good morning from hell Black Box Down. Like, those to me are, like, the first two, like, podcast audio-only shows that led this way
1: of us going, like, oh, we should, like, really explore this. And I think that's just the way this stuff works. Good Morning From Hell will not... And I don't know why. It mm-hmm. should, maybe it will. I'm gonna say right here. Good Morning From Hell deserves all the credit in mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. for where we are right now. Uh, and I really uh, I owe a lot to, to to Blaine and Chris and those guys. Uh, because... I had an office that was next to where oh, they, yeah. re- they recorded, yep. and I I remember it was you being there right right before I took over as the creative director mm-hmm. uh, in the period that I was, and um, which I would like to say I'm glad I I I, I oversaw a lot of the yes. podcast growth. You and, said um, yes, yeah, you said yes, and uh, I'm very I'm, I'm very proud of that. Um, but a lot of that was informed by sitting in a room mm-hmm. next to Blaine and Chris and hearing how funny they were off the cuff and how inventive and how creative they were and I was just like I was seeing this life in them uh, as they were as this like as they were kind of exploding creatively in yep. this little world they were building and world building was always like my favorite thing we did. And that really, really, uh, I wanted to be a part of it. So I kept, uh, I I made sure I was around every time they did an episode so I could at a minimum listen in, I asked to be in it, Mm -hmm. I sat in behind, I wanted to write jokes for it. Like I just wanted to be around it. And I, and that really informed like when I became creative director, uh, like, where I kind of wanted to take things, because I was just, like, I was kind of so blown away yeah. by what I saw from them. And then, you know, I was like, the easiest thing in the world was say yes to Black Box, black yeah. box Down. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Um, and at that point, I was already a, f- a fan of that kind of podcast, so mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it was a great way for us to stretch. But um, immediately, right after that, Face Jam happened, and it was, yep. like, it was such affirmation. Mm-hmm. Like, what y'all did... Uh, was even so new and, and fresh and different from what Good Morning from Hell was yep. doing, and I was just like it was watching flowers bloom, mm-hmm. you know. And oh, it, definitely. And uh, and so it was, it was so fucking exciting. And I'm so thankful yeah. that Good Morning from Hell happened and yep. that they, they they went through and created that because if they hadn't, I don't know, I don't know that we would have a f- face, yeah, I, we, or they're, thirty they're, morbid minutes, yeah, or no Red way. Web or any of that stuff. Yeah, there's just no know? way. But yeah. again,
0: it's you know, again, what he's asking of like what project or direction, it's it's really. Those things are just lightning in a bottle sometimes and you kind of, you get it when you get it. That's just the way that it is.
1: It also helped me realize, I, I, I can give you a very long rambling answer mm-hmm. if you'd like, but, uh, it also helped me understand a lot about what I want to do as an entertainer. Yeah. Like I, I always wanted to be Howard Stern mm-hmm. and I kind of lost sight of that mm-hmm. in the weeds, uh, in the Achievement 100 Days, um, Video games were, like, were this amazing, for many years, were this amazing tool that allowed me to to create a group of people and coalesce around uh, and kind of create my own Howard Stern show. Yeah. Maybe without even consciously realizing it. But with having the video game to focus on Mm -hmm. and to to be a visual element to kind of tie us all together and then, you know... Help, help, help us learn to be entertainers because you had this amazing crutch where if you ran out of things to say, you just play the game for a minute, you know, and wait for something to happen. And then slowly I started to realize that video games were really nothing more what I was doing with Let's Plays was really nothing more than mystery science theater, which is something that I'd always wanted to do as well, Um, which I was a huge fan of Um, when I was in the army. Uh, for the first, like, two years I was in the Army, I was dirt broke. I made six, I, I cleared $600 a month, and so I could afford ramen noodles, and so I would come home from work, I had lunch from 11.30 to 1 every day, I could come home, I would make ramen noodles in a little tea kettle that I had, yep. and I would watch Mystery Science Theater for about 48 minutes until it was time to go back. I never saw the end of anything, but I got to see <laughs> most, and um, that was a really formative time in my life, uh, uh, and just, like, cementing uh, the kind of comedy I, 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 I identified with, mm-hmm. Um but y- y- over time, the video, th- video games kind of became, and I, I said the word earlier in, in a positive way, but I, I, I learned to mean it very negatively, they became a crutch to me. Yeah. It, became, it went from a tool to a crutch, where then I felt really trapped by gaming. And as I, as I got more confident having the conversation and telling stories and, and, and trying to create something uh, conversationally, The video games just kept getting in the way, you know, it kept getting in the way and it became so frustrating for me to be like, to want to go down a rabbit hole or to talk about a thing and have to keep coming back to the the visual element, coming back to the thing that was, we were all coalesced around. And, uh, and it really kind of became like an albatross around my neck. And it was, you know, once again, partially because of good morning from hell, uh, those moments that I started to realize that I didn't like we could break away from the video game and just be entertaining. Yeah. Like the video game wasn't the entertaining thing. It was us, or it could be us. And Haunter helped with that. Uh, Arizona Circle, um, Last Laugh, like those shows we were creating, those broadcast shows we were creating, uh, helped a lot too to break out of that. But then podcasts are when it finally clicked. And when I realized, oh, this is all I've been trying to do was get to this. And I didn't know it until episode four of yeah. face yeah when I hit and I went like oh this is all I've ever wanted to do yeah. and god I just you know I don't know that I don't know how long it would have taken me to get there if yeah. it had to been for
0: yep getting the stuff started and finding that avenue yeah Again, it's where you get
1: traction so uh
0: cool well that was great um I guess the last question is uh what does ANMA stand for a nautical military assault Okay. And that's the name of the show. Uh, Great. Fantastic. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. You can follow us at Animal Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, Stay up to date with what we have going on. And uh, we'll have another supplemental episode, I think, for you next week. Another short thing that we just kind of get together on. Um, Any uh, final thoughts? Parting words?
1: No, uh, d- uh, just, well, yes. Okay. Uh, thank you for the insightful questions. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, to the audience, I really enjoyed uh, answering them, and hopefully we did them justice. And yeah.
0: These were really great questions. Thank you guys so feel, much.
1: Feel free to ask them again when Gus is around to get his perspective.
0: Yeah, we'll, uh, I mean, I don't know how we can do that with, I mean, there's no when It's not. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. It'll something. never happen.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: Bye.